I'm your host, the green-eyed mage of the backcourt, Kip. With me is the last speedster, Steph, as well as the maple scythe, David. I so are not the last. I, I don't know. I kind of <laughs> dig it. Like, I think that's what I'm going to change my Discord profile to, the speedster. I dig it. <laughs> the last speedster. That's important. The last speedster, of course. Yeah. Got to be a Marvel character at this point. <laughs> Because <laughs> we said size. nobody had given us any like nicknames last That's time. True. <laughs> what works? <laughs> uh, I did have my friend call me Weapon X for a very short period in high school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very cheesy. I that's love great, it. actually. How'd that stop? <laughs> How'd that stop? Uh, we just both agreed it was very lame, and uh, he stopped. <laughs> I mean, if you like. We're good at rapping. That could make sense. Like, oh, I was like, definitely not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just, I could say, unless your name is actually like Xavier or something, that's a tough name. Yeah, to it's sell. a little bit weird. But no, here we are. We are at Comrade Deno. I am born. The movie for Comrade Deno. Been a long ride. This is our fourth episode technically, but yep, our fifth, our fifth episode technically. And we were all born, I feel like. Born or reborn? Uh, yeah. So did they just call this this movie Common Writer, I'm Born? Yeah. Because, like, the, there's, like, a... I'm, I, weirdly enough, I'm just on the page because I wanted it open while we're talking about it. But I'm looking at, like, the catchphrase of the movie, which is on the poster. <laughs> and, like, I'm reading it again, and I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means this is just gibberish Mm -hmm. like yeah okay (laughs) please share what the catchphrase is though yeah because i don't remember either the movie is called common writer deno the movie i'm born and then the catchphrase is the admin of the battle god rushing how the waves of space time are breaking the thousand year seal we are now on the path of god i don't i don't know why what (laughs) There are so many parts of this movie individually that made me kind of feel like it was one of those soft grade porns like you would get on like HBO After Dark or something. That poster does not help. Yeah, I, I, but like it's uh, you can't just put God in the, the, like the description <laughs> and then just not have God show up and just not address it. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like we've all watched the movie now. Mm, I I wouldn't classify anyone in this movie as a god of anything. 
so you're saying that that being the catchphrase is like you calling yourself Weapon X. Yes, exactly. 100%. It is, it is false advertising. I guess the Gao liner is called a god or is on God's line. Is that it? Maybe, but like, but it says of the battle god. Yeah, I mean, he'd had aspirations to be that, but it's not like it, like, <laughs> what? Got in training. Yeah, it, it didn't quite work out as advertised. Well, th- there was that scene where, like, all the other common Riders touched Ryotaro, including the one that wasn't born inside of Naomi, and that's how he became a common Rider god and fought Beerus, right? That happened. Oh. Am I wrong? Did, I thought that watch? was a metaphor for group sex. <laughs> no, of course. This is not Battle of Gods. My Remember that bad. part where the train went inside the other train? See? Yeah. See? <laughs> it's not just me here. <laughs> and it was two of them, so technically they were running a train. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the entire time. No, the quad, the it, was, it was at least three. It. Yeah. I guess technically, like, the little cars, so, like, there's five trains yeah there was like there's the den liner which is like four mm-hmm. and then there's the uh the other one the f- i can't remember his name the green one the zero one that uses mm-hmm. yeah the zero liner and that's at least two <laughs> so you go that's like seven people <laughs> uh no this movie has a lot going on um first though want to talk about something that i um Hoisted on us last time, but I want to finally reap what we sow in that um, last time we made ourselves, if we got the like Deno belt, we made ourselves our first Imogen and the, and like what form that would be. As you forget, um, I gave myself a Columbo like Imogen that would like give me like investigative powers. Um, Steph chose a Daria like to kind of lean further into certain traits or like depictions um and david picked artemis which is just like a pretty good one pretty good slot it's it's a very like i don't know when i think of (laughs) artemis there's like a very specific idea i think of right Mm -hmm. yeah and like that had the best weapon (laughs) because i was like oh like this clearly has a weapon like (laughs) the shoot though right (laughs) but uh for this time um we were each gonna give the other two. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so I have this. one for each of you, and it's okay. It's almost better if you forgot. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, if you want, I could. Uh, let's go in an order. Actually, let's go. Um, I'll give one to Steph. Steph gives one to David. David gives one to me. Let's go that way. Okay. So, like spread it out. Um. So Steph. Um. My thought for you is that uh, to match the way that like the show's written, whoever you had had to be like different from you in a way that it would be a little upsetting when you got possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, had to have a distinctive like way they would act, the way they would fight. So I would um like to present you with Etaros, who is an e girl. Okay. <laughs> So she's very bubbly and chipper and cheery and is always kind of like talking in the fourth wall a little bit like towards an audience, even when she's not streaming. Mm-hmm. She um, when she possesses you, um, 
you definitely get like a pretty long pink like hair streak that kind of thing and like very bubbly like that um when you transform though that's what it's the most interesting because um your weapon in this form uh is a ring light the oh. uh the dengasher turns into a light and like it's kind of like if you've ever seen like a like battle like a like chakram like in like uh tron it's like that so it's like could be used as a light but could also be used to throw it could be used to like catch someone's like weapon and like break their wrist but primarily uh because of the way she fights um she's constantly like kind of posing and trying to like do things that uh will like make her followers pop so she like nice holds the ring light like over her head and like poses like different things like a train for example and briefly kind of transforms into a, a train for an attack sweet I love it. That's actually really cool. I, I would play like a um, an indie video game based on that concept. And I'm not sure where that goes in your belt or what color. Maybe like a pink or like a purple makes yeah, sense there. It, it would be something kind of synth wavy. <laughs> I, I could dig into that. And I like that like play too between like Daria and like Itaros there. That's a pretty good th- yeah. That's dynamics. Yeah, like if we were playing this as a tabletop game, I would love having two characters who were on opposite ends of the spectrum that way. That would be super fun. Yeah. And what do you got for David? Okay. So is it, does it have to be a 100% original character? If it's not a Den O Taro or like character Imogen? No, no, not at all. This is actually from a completely different show. And I kind of got this idea because it is so completely opposite everything that I've learned about David so far. But my idea was kind of like, if you've ever seen Arrested Development, it's like a Joe Blues character. (laughs) Okay. And the reason is because I think it'd be super fun to have his image and be like this really like charismatic, boombastic kind of clueless character that is always front and center and trying to insert themselves in every situation without really knowing what's going on. But his like transformation power could be like that whole play on his um, their illusions, Michael tricks are what whores do for money. It could almost be like this kind of like wizarding feat or something like that. Like he could manipulate time or space or just kind of make people see things that weren't there. So I thought that that would be a really neat um, because it's like I said, so opposite of what I've seen from David so far. So that'd be a really fun play. Whenever it's time to fight, he's like, not with the $6,000, like, I'm a writer, like, armor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you think I'm going to fight a monster in this $7,000 helmet? Absolutely not. This better be the foam version where I can do all my own stunts. <laughs> exactly. Yes. What would the possession look like? I would have to say that it would probably be him, like, in one of those, um... 80s comedian suits where it's all like sequins and really bright colors and like maybe a tie that spins around or something just something that like is very in your face but serves no real function what name would this character have like would it be like gobtaros or would it be just like something else i don't know i kind of dig gobtaro now that you said it i (laughs) or like have a lucille bluth voiceover that's like i was never really a fan of job taro just every time he comes on screen. Would his weapon be like a magic wand? 
Illusion I don't one? think he ever used one in the series. It'd probably be like that big clunky wooden box that he carried around for those really like intricate illusions he tried to pull. So it's not only just this kind of clumsy character that's in a really sparkly tuxedo, but like he's hauling a wagon behind him that has this big, massive wooden uh, illusion machine that he's come up with. You could also like make them like Spider-Man's like web shooters, but like it's like one's like some fire and one's like a dove. Oh, God, yes. That'd be hilarious. Yep. I'm here for it. Okay, David, what do you got for me? So I've thought of this right now and I kind of love this idea because you put me on the spot and that's when the creativeness happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Imagine's name is Carlos. Okay. Okay. And Carlos is an Imogen based off of a Mexican luchador. Okay. Oof. And he can okay. steal your girl. Okay. So he he's he's like, you know how like all the Imogens are like kind of um they're like organic ish looking. Mm-hmm. He he would have like um I think actually in this movie there's like a similar looking image in who's like really spiky, but this guy's like more like you know, he's like bumpy like an avocado. Like he's that color scheme. Okay. Yeah. And then he his weapon is a foldable chair. Ooh. Okay. And much like Ryutoros, his ability to uh, cause things to appear out of thin air is that when he does like a rider kick, he does it off of like a top rope that has appeared. Just he's like forced it into reality, and he he jumps off the top rope and rider kicks the 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 evildoer of the day. I love that. Ooh. And then when you're like possessed by him, your hair is like all pulled back and then braided in the back like a luchador mask. Ooh, that's like some like ultimate muscle like Kinikuban shit. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you said Carlos, my heart like skipped to be. I was like, is this gonna be like a comedian that steals jokes? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Uh, that's great because like um, the first thing I said to was like Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's like right there too, like that like chair that like the short right. thing. Oh yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, so. Now it's time for the snake draft where we go in the opposite order. So oh. I'll do one for David and David for Steph and then Steph for me. But these have been great, actually. <laughs> so keeping with like your character and what would be a nice clash slash like a different way for you to act. Um, I like split the difference between Martha Stewart and Sanji for you, David. Okay. Um, so this is a, a like cook and just very much a pretty boy. So like a little like different. Mm, that is but. yeah, that is very much the opposite of <laughs> a little bit like Urotaros, like like a like your hair goes back and maybe like the streaks kind of like more like orange or like uh looks kind of like the fire that would be under a pan and just mm-hmm. always flirting with people and always is like saying stuff like oh it seems like I've like have to t- take this one low and slow and just like all the kinds of stuff, like weird stuff. Um, <coughs> you fight um, primarily with kicking, hence the whole like Sanji thing, but your weapon is a, a, a like pan mm. and you can use it kind of like uh, the net in Zelda where you can like reflect people's attacks back at them or hit them with it. Okay. But also um, 
know how like some pans like have kind of like a like similar pattern to a like stovetop on the bottom. Mm-hmm. This one has the pattern of um, your foot. And when you go t- for your finisher, it um, will heat up red hot on the bottom like your foot. Then you step in the pan and flick yourself up. And that's how you like get in the air for your like flaming rider kick. Okay. Sick. Nice. Yeah. So wait, do I have to provide the pan or is that just like uh, it just appears as part of my move? The weapons are all like any questions. being made by the pieces they all have, like when they're okay, like demo. So like that ring light is like the four pieces, but like they become like a ring light and like some like stuff happens. They're like the pan is just you put them together and then the pan head forms. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no. Hmm. This is tough going back the other way. <laughs> I feel like the way that Dano is set up, you kind of have like the goofy character, the suave character, the serious character. So I'm thinking like, okay, you gave you gave like an eager one. I want to give like a very like prim and proper type character, almost like Sieg, similar. Hell yeah. Like uh, if you're going to base it off people, it'd be like, I don't know, like a, a Marie Antoinette type character. Oh, I love that so much. Who is based off of like, uh, like roses, and the 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 weapon is a whip. Nice. Okay. I'm really liking like the whole like the dichotomies we have going on, like a like Daria, like a like proven proper, like an e girl. That's a good like. Yeah, we're kind of playing it from all angles. It's interesting. Well, that's where the wacky hijinks comes from, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, we all like got these like rules like very well. Like and, and like I like um your set like too, David, where it's like here's Artemis. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And then just like a very matter of fact, like dude. Absolutely, yeah. Uh no, but Steph. So this is for your second one, right? My third one. Third one, that's right. Okay. So what I'm thinking is kind of a um and this is more from real life than anything, but maybe a um, Vietnam vet that settled down and decided to take a beekeeping. So, <laughs> what <laughs> beekeeping? Um, okay. So your armor is going to be the full-on beekeeping costume, but of course, like made out of metal, but like with the full-on net across your face and everything. That's going to be how you enter battle. But your special move is going to be getting all of the bees to attack for you. And they get this uh, really special armor when they do. So it's not like just they sing them and they're dead. Like they can actually put forth a couple of great attacks, depending on how large your hive is and how much like care and time you put into it. So I think that'd be a really good play off of everything else we've said so far. So would my weapon be like that like manual like smoke thing that beekeepers have oh yeah it'd almost be like fireball and D or something like you could throw out that smoke bomb instead what do i look like when i'm possessed slash like what do i act like when i'm possessed um you probably just like anytime there's any kind of very small sound in words you like over elongate it and maybe you have like this very critical eye to where you can always see like small insects around you, no matter what the landscape is. So even if it's like you're in the middle of a busy city and somebody left a coat can out and there's like bees swarming around it, you're always aware of like the insect presence around you. That's 
I like having a weird one too. And like, like it's um, who's that character in like Naruto that has like the bugs, like that kind of thing, like Shino. Uh, yeah, Shino. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. And it's cool how it's like there's sometimes like a partially like CGI like part of it, like where it's like, oh, and now I like, have B armor for your finish or whatever. That's that's fun. <laughs> We did good, everybody. That was some good ones. Um, there is one more part to this game, though, which okay. is next okay. time. Mm. We each have to make our fourth and round out our team. So whatever we think is needed for like a good cast, for like a good like interplay, mm. that's what we uh, have left to find there. And then we could talk about uh, how our foursome would do. What kind of hijinks do we get into? But so, cool. so we're allowed to pick our fourth one. Yeah. So next time, just like okay, you're adding a fourth, basically, and like it's like gotcha. Here's how my show would go because of these four personalities. <laughs> so Columbo, a luchador, beast, and Steph. What do you got? Uh oh, goodness. Okay, so I had Daria, the e girl, and oh Jesus, what was my third? Like Marie Antoinette. The Marie Antoinette, yes, absolutely. So I'm thinking I would need something more tankish to kind of round out the party. Something a lot tougher. But that's up to you, though, for next time. Like, whatever you want to put. Um, Yeah, I'm saying that's going to be my inspo, though. I've got a note for it here. And also, like, where they would go on your belt. Like, who's, like, your number one and stuff. Um, But Oh, yeah. And for you, David, who do you have so far? Artemis, then uh, I forget the character's name. Uh, for rest development, what's his name now? Job. I can't remember. Joe, Joe. Yeah. No, Gob Taros. <laughs> well, it's called Gob, but yeah, Joe. Gob. <laughs> Joe. Okay. And then uh, the third one was, oh, God. I didn't give it a name, but in my name. notes, I put down Nero. Miru. Miru. Oh, yeah, that like N I R U. Baking cross. I looked up what the word to cook was in Japanese. I think, oh, that sounds like a name. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. So, yeah, I have, I have Artemis, a like neurotic guy, and a weird chef. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, I can't wait to play this tabletop. Everybody donate to the Patreon. Do these all have names actually? Because there's like Gob Taros and Nero, but like, does your like Artemis have a name, David? Um, and Gob Taros uh, came uh, up uh, honestly as a joke. If you wanted to rename uh, it, you could. Yeah, yeah, you do that. <laughs> no, Gob Taros is pretty good. Uh, does it have a name? I don't know. It'd be, be like Artaros or something. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's probably the easiest. I like the name Columbataros a lot, honestly, or just like Columbo Taros, Columbos. I'm very excited for next time uh, for our like final teams uh, for like a lot of reasons, but we got a movie. Yes. And did we ever? So Comrade Tenno, I'm born was the summer movie for Comrade like Dunno. It um aired alongside the movie for Geki Ranger because like these shows were on the at the same time. That makes sense. Two for one. I was about to say I, I had thought we'd watch that one. Yeah. So. I actually got to uh, dip into two timelines that were in the same plane there. Weirdly enough, we watched up to episode nine of 
nine of Geki Ranger, and this movie takes place between episodes nine and ten, so ah. it would fit for you if you watched it. But yeah, um, that's like a Hong Kong like martial arts thing. But like the way these movies work is that usually the like common rider movies like a full movie and the sentai movie not always but Mm -hmm. there might be like 45 minutes like half an hour long honestly sometimes but yeah uh this was a weird movie for me because i saw it after the series and like like i've said it's like the first series i watched from when it started to when it ended so this movie Uh like has like a little like quality of me of like oh it's like a special treat there's definitely some stuff that i remember in different orders from like the show because of this and like watching this in sequence is very interesting mm-hmm. well i was about to say because this movie kind of fills in a lot of the gaps that we were missing on the last couple of episodes so when you skipped the movie previously did you feel like you missed out on some context or does it just kind of flow naturally so um next time <laughs> we are looking <laughs> at episodes 28 through 34 which is like which is seven episodes and the answer is yes there's a lot of context i was missing gotcha uh it comes up in interesting ways um i'm very excited to like see how it flows like just like because it is directed uh but yeah um what do you think of this movie though it was a lot (laughs) yeah it was I am. I mean, it wasn't bad. It definitely like helped with some of the confusion with the last maybe eight or so episodes that we've been dealing with, because there has been a lot of like non-answers and a lot of things just kind of being left off to the side. But on the other hand, kind of left us with a lot more questions also about kind of how this world works. So it was definitely a lot of emotions at play watching this. Mm. What do you think about this movie, David? Ah, uh, man, like, I don't know. For me, I found this movie, like, relatively boring. Hmm. I felt like they had an opportunity with Gao as, like, the the main villain, right? I feel like they had the opportunity to go, like, much harder than they did. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just kind of ended up being, like, eh. Like, it felt like... an episode that was like an hour long like like an hour and a half long right like that's it it did not deviate enough especially like when you're considering that you were going to this uh, like coming from my perspective right like if i was the ghost like if this was the currently running common writer series and we were doing it week by week and it's like okay the movie's out go to the movie right if i went to this movie i would be like why did i go Mm mm-hmm because I didn't feel like they went hard enough, which is, I guess, makes sense because it's kind of like in the middle of a currently airing series. It's mm-hmm. not like an end of series thing or like a start of series thing, right? It's like in the middle of an ongoing thing. So you can't do too much in the movie, especially if you're going to make it canon. But yeah, I don't know. For me, I was just like, okay, this is like watching three episodes in a row. And that's kind of it. No, I get you, because I feel like a lot of the issue with the pacing in that movie was the fact that they added a lot of unnecessary filler, especially to the battle scenes. So it does, like, after you're done watching the movie, there's almost a point where you feel kind of ripped off because of the amount of time that you invested into it. And 
I mean, you got a couple of resolutions, but nothing like you would expect from a fully produced movie. So No, of course not, because they had to continue. They, they got to continue right. the series immediately after this, right? Mm-hmm. So, two things. One, we... I guess I just grabbed the director's cut, which has like 12 extra minutes, which m- might be part of it, because this is like a 81-minute movie instead of like a 67-minute movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, this was kind of an experiment, because like, it's canon, it's in the it's in the flow of the show and also they spent five episodes our whole last like chunk was lead up to the movie which uh-huh. is wild to think about like i don't think any other show has done that where it's like let's devote five episodes to a movie that is completely optional and then let's have that continue to echo in the show too but that's the thing i don't feel like the five episodes leading up to the movie were worth the payoff for the movie. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Like, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but like just some of the resolution, I was like, you couldn't do this in an episode. Like, like I think I would have preferred they spent more time on the, the actual uh, storyline rather than leading up to spend more time building up the characters and then having a satisfying result in the show. Right. It doesn't help that Gao and his crew are super interesting and cool to kind of just be done with. Yeah. Like the throwaway like line of, oh, they've hijacked several other time trays before. It was the first time we've met them. It was like, okay, what's that about? Exactly. There was a lot of yeah, missed like, opportunity there, exactly, to kind of expand on these set of characters who actually had a really um, engaging life experience that would have been great to hear more about and kind of incorporated into the world instead of having it be this, I don't know, just exaggerated episode. Something, too, is that, um, like, uh, Gao is introduced to, like, this important character in, like, the canon, in, like, the, like... Uh, not cosmology, but like, yes, like the lore and history and like important characters of like the wider fiction. And um, there's stuff like he's saying that he's just like, I'm tired of time, like was an interesting like motivation, like kind of reminded me of like some like comic characters, like how um in the movies, like Thanos is like a weird eco fastest, but like in the comics, he's like, death's really hot and I want to make her happy. Like, I liked how he just, like, had weird motivations. And, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But, no, um, I was definitely more positive, but... Maybe maybe I'll come around on it, because, like, I, I find that, the, like, usually in my other movie podcasts, the more I talk with co-hosts about a movie we watch, definitely does sway or change my opinion, so... Oh, yeah. And, like, I think, like, it's weird, because, like, I'm re-watching, but I also kind of don't remember Deno, so, like... Mm my expectations are like just different too, I think. But yeah, um, this starts out like from episode 27, but expanded. And there's like the whole heist at the jewelry tower. And we see all the image help. And that was an intro, I guess. <laughs> it was uh-huh. something, some tap dancing, some more dancers that could be summoned, I guess. Okay, so is this like now one hundred percent, a thousand percent confirmed that Ryutaras has the ability to to spawn dancers wherever he be? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that was some fancy cabaret work they had going on. I don't want to give a spoiler, and like I don't fully remember, but there is definitely a point in the show 
coming up where it does not make sense that people would be where he gets dancers from. Ah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't make sense there. They were just, like, in the street. True that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's a power he has. He could summon dancers. Oh. Well, I know what I want to be when I grow up. To summon dancers or to be a dancer for... I either would be great at this point. I have no rhythm. Like, I, it's in the negatives. I owe rhythm at this point. So hang on. I have a question. Is he, is he like manifesting them out of thin air or is he summoning them from different timelines to converge on one place and then disappear back to their timelines afterwards in an instant? Know how Dracula calls out to like a young woman that he's bitten and she's like in her bed in like a nightgown. She's like, and her eyes open. She's like, <gasps> right. I'm hearing voices. I must go. That's my assumption. That makes the most sense to me. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe just like a portal opens. Right. Who knows? In the show, it's like the same group of people. So it kind of makes more sense than other people showing up. Mm-hmm. But we really don't know. Um, yeah, it's very weird. I really like um, all the designs for like the new image of this movie though like they all look great like the like um one from the opening like the Moloch mm-hmm. Imogen mm-hmm. Uh, looks great they all look a bit more polished than we're used to so that was kind of cool to see mm. I mean they obviously had you know more screen time to show them right like a regular episode's what 22 minutes mm-hmm. sub minus commercials which bring it to 30 but like in here they got like an hour and a half right so they can just kind of go nuts and let that thing be on screen for as long as they need it to be yeah and um the one that i really like is the salamander i think it's like the big burly guy you mentioned before he's like bronze has like a like bunch of dots over him looks yes. good yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but yeah um the denliner stolen and we he see gao and he's doing stuff he like He's going to kill Naomi with a screwdriver or something and just like get the whole like deadliner. It's, it's an ice pick. Oh, OK. Yeah. Which makes sense because that would be at a bar. I have um a tweet that I need to read that reminds me of Mr. Gao. Um, OK. OK. Um, so it starts with Perdane. Wow. This meat is so tender and juicy. Falls right off the massive bone in the middle. Oh. <laughs> then it goes to Flame Dramon. This is what we did you want eat every day. God, you're so lucky, says Bertie. Wow. <laughs> he does eat, like, just meat off the bone, like, multiple times in this movie, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He's just in full frame, eating meat. Uh, yeah, and, um, here's that tweet, because I just, like, could not get it off my mind of, like, just, like, he's just eating this meat, and, like, it looks like One Piece, like, anime, like, ass meat a couple times, too. Yeah, it does look like One Piece ass, like, caveman mm-hmm. anime meat. He's also, like, just, like, cut a quarter off of a pineapple and is eating it when he boots Ryotaro in the face and gives him super amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you can't steal that train. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now you forget your whole childhood. Fuck you, buddy. And like later on, though, like he forgot like everything about being dead. Oh, 
right? But there's some mm-hmm. stuff you remember. It was wild. It was like, oh, damn. Yeah. But no, um, yeah, they're all hijacked. They're all held up. Um, Ruteros is fine because he got promises to like see something cool by Gao. <laughs> so like my question is at that point like how are they just like not mutinying against Ruteros because he's just like ah yeah you just put him in the cage we don't care like, yeah. every one of them should just beat the living shit out of him after that well um he pays their their salary so they can't I guess no uh, <laughs> it, it is wild though yeah, like he he should get a fucking severe beating after that one. Yeah, if nothing else. What do we think of like the stuff in like two thousand with like him beating his younger self and the picture of their family and all that? The fact that the picture came out the way I did that it did in the end was kind of weird. Um, oh yeah, I didn't understand if that was some kind of like historical significance I wasn't aware of, but. Um, I don't know. The whole storyline with him hanging out with the younger version of himself was kind of cool. I loved seeing uh Momo take that body over because it was just fun. Right. It's it. Well, it's just it's it's weird. It's weird in the context of like the end of the movie where like you see that picture. And I thought at the time, like I had assumed that that picture was like supposed to be not drawn like it's supposed to be like a photograph right same and then when it's just like this horribly drawn like childhood picture that they're all like oh yeah this is great so the weird thing too is like it's implied that it's drawn by uh him as a kid yeah Mm -hmm. about a pic like a thing that didn't happen in the timeline that he would be a child so he wouldn't remember this to draw it like it has a lot of timeline implications that you cannot solve right. with one easy answer. And also the fact that like a giant like magical space train is going through the the street and his parents are just like, it's a train. Look, everyone like you mm-hmm. would not react that way to a giant Shinkansen train going down the street and then through a portal into time. Especially, that was one of my notes, too. Like, they have been on this road before, obviously. They know that there is not a train track there. Like, why was there no question in their minds that this is something that should not be happening? So here's my running theory, is that Ryotaro and Airi have, like, childhood brain damage due to their parents. Makes sense. As, like, an inherited trait. Because they all seem to be kind of just, like, not there. Mm-hmm. And, like... You look at Irene and you're like, ah, she's kind of like weird and aloof and like, oh, that must be because of her trauma. And you look at Ryotaro and he's like, he's like a clumsy klutz and also kind of stupid. And then you see their parents and you just go, oh, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just like it's he's born on like December 26th. It's like, oh, it's Christmas. I guess like they put in a train here for the day for two years. I don't know. Yeah, they don't celebrate Christmas here. <laughs> it was snowing and it's almost New Year's. But yeah, um, very Western gazy there. Well, like it's still like oh, like you would see a nice thing on Christmas. Like you might see like a like a cart that sold snacks and there was a Santa on it, right? There is a very large difference between cart with Santa <laughs> and Shinkansen that flies into space. You heard it here first. Very different. 
I've been to the German Christmas thing in Yokohama. They ain't no, they ain't no giant trains flying into space. I love the Christmas festivals, like when they have them in like different cities, like the one in like Edinburgh. Incredible. Uh, but yeah, I know in Japan it's not like that. It's like oh, there's this cake, but it's kind of like just yep. there's a a costume maybe, and there's like a another sticker set on the walls or something. But yeah, um, KFC. Yeah, KFC. Hell yeah. But no, um, it's definitely like makes no sense that the train can nope. go through time and show up. Yes, nope. mm-hmm. I agree. However, they thought it was nice, I guess, because it was snowing. They're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just it, like weird. It was a lot of uh, suspension of belief in a show that already requires a fuck ton of that. Mm-hmm. I did like how um, I know that like it's not as big like the idea that Ryotaro was born on December 26th is like one little like extra notch in man he's just unlucky <laughs> he just always misses right. stuff that was fun to me but yeah it it makes no sense yes but also it's at the deadline or who's how much do people see how often have people seen massive mecha train battles in this show and just like been like uh, yeah no reaction right. just no sell it a lot yeah you're you're not wrong to go back to to digimon like that makes me think of like uh, the first series of that where like they go back to the human world and like a lot of people are like oh are they filming a movie like when like there's massive battles destroying their city <laughs> To be fair, though, I think they have something in the original Digimon that explains that only certain people can see them. So they're literally invisible. Oh, OK. I didn't know that. So maybe I'm incorrect. It's been a long time since yeah, I've seen Digimon, but I believe that is the case. But that is not the case in Common Writers. So like when someone gets dropped, well, I don't know. Can people see the Imagine? I assume they can. Like the contract holders can. Uh, but can other people? Who we've definitely seen somebody interact with the the dust versions, right? Yes, a couple of times, yeah. But that, but I assume that's because like they're trying to attempt to make contact with people. I'm talking about like if if an imagine walking down the street, do people see it or not? I think so. Like when they're fully formed, they definitely do. When they're like dust forms, maybe. I don't know, because in the beginning of this movie, we see that he's able to rob it because he takes on the appearance of his contract holder. So I guess it might depend on the particular image and like how much they want to be disguised when they walk out in public. I know that they are able to be seen when they go back through their contract holder to mm-hmm. like the, the previous time, because you see people like, you know, like they appear and everyone goes and right. freaks out right when they see them. So obviously at that point they can see them. But before, I don't know. Oh, um, the talent agents see the Imogen when they have the, like, youth idol episodes. Oh, that's right. true. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I was, like, trying to think of a time where it wasn't just a person by a baby. I kidnapped this baby because I lost my job. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's easy to get confused because we've been through a lot of circumstances in this season so far. Yeah. I'm also wondering, maybe just time corrects itself, and that's why, like... Riotros is like so important because he's just not affected by it. Like maybe just like a lot of people see Deadliner and just like it's like the way that like um 
some magic in like Harry Potter explained, oh, it just slightly urges them not to, and they decide it's not real, you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah. But also, maybe it just might not make sense in this time travel trade show. I don't know. It's very possible. So, Realtro can't be possessed because he forgot Bobotros, and later that lets him be corporeal. But, um, Uh Siege shows up after Bobotros gets out by getting pounded in the ass. Um, (laughs) (laughs) literally, literally. Right. That was a lot. Oh, he says something specific I that I just was like, Oh, wow. yeah, uh, no, I wrote it down in my notes. Give me just a second here, because I I did make note of that. Let's see. Um, Slap me on my ass! Over and over again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was That's something like that. like that. Yeah. And he was, like, bent over with his hands against the wall the whole time. It was very right. sketchy. Yeah, because he wants to go through the train. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what we all do when we want to go through the train. Yell at someone to slap our ass. Yeah, slap me on the ass so I'm through this train. I always say to the boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sigma male status. We haven't talked about that for a minute, but man. <laughs> Gal. Is he an alpha male, a sigma male? Who do we know? I don't know. Uh, he's he's definitely an alpha. No one eats meat like that and isn't an alpha. Come on. That's true. That's, he, he's on an all meat diet. Bones and all. Except for pineapple. That's just to make his like jizz taste good, you know? <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> for the boys. See? We're <laughs> yeah. right back where we started. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, there's this point where he drinks some just clear liquor like grain alcohol and just tosses it. Just messes up the like, cockpit. Just damn. <laughs> There's a lot of. I didn't think uh, you were gonna finish your sentence. Yeah, there's a lot of parts of him just drinking stuff, and kind of we're supposed to overlook it without comment. There's just a lot of questionable parts to this movie. He's just so like he's just so like smarmy and like uh, you know like I'm the best, right? Like I guess like you know that's how you're setting him up as a villain, but. Yeah, I don't like they don't really do much with him, which is such a shame because like I feel like the actor is good. Had they given him more time and like made him a much more um like evil antagonist because okay. I we're kind of like jumping all over this movie, but ultimately this is like, you know, this is Gao's movie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. What was his end goal? To wreck time because why? He wanted to. To drink all the uh, white liquid out of that giant bowl. Yeah, like, literally, that's it, right? Like, his his whole entire goal was, I want to wreck time because of reasons. Right. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it does feel very unsatisfying, because you, you get five... nothing from him after investing kind of time into trying to figure out what his motivation was. I'm with you. Yeah, like, you spent five episodes building up this movie, and then it just ends up where, like, okay, they kill Gal. Great. Okay, now moving forward, we have no antagonist. Did he say he wanted to destroy all of time, or just time he didn't like? I he didn't ever really specify. The only no, time that he yes. was very specific was when he wanted to ruin uh, the singularity points time. That's the only time he ever said anything really specific that he had a boner against. Speaking of boners, um, 
There's this point where he just all good uh, sentences start. Yeah. There's this point where he just grabs a bunch of rice from the owner in his hand too. After the owner's like, I'm not gonna give you this pass, and it's just like in his jacket. But (laughs) Megan makes a lot of good stuff with this movie. Some white rice sake, some whatever that was. Whatever we're gonna call that thin liquid he was drinking out of a giant bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a. That's very oh Edo oh coded. he was drinking uh what's it called um oh why can I not remember the name Amazake yeah it's like the stuff that like uh, you, oh wow that snake has eight heads better give it this yeah yeah so yeah yeah it's like sweet rice liquor mm. that helps a little Is there anything else I he guess. eats oh he eats so much yeah he eats those. He eats those whole fish like eyes and all. Oh, that looked um, good. I don't know. <laughs> the pineapples, the dumplings, like okay, anything anyone hands him, he's all about. So it says here, he is the thief king who targets time trains and renegade common rider who wishes to take over all of space time by obtaining the legendary Gao liner to destroy all time as he is fed up with it. He's fed up with time. Aren't we all? So he's going to destroy time. Yeah. Solid. Okay. But like he's in three episodes and the movie and then he's just fucking dead. And he also turns into sand, which is weird too, because like he's not an imagine, so mm-hmm. like Huh. Like in the weird pantheon, like cosmology stuff, like he's like the owner. They're like these weird people that might not be people, might not age, might not whatever. Right. That's kind of where it's like, okay. It makes sense that he'd like have a weird justification at least to me but also like i'm not sure it is it's just yeah. weird it's the well, movie let's villain. talk about how weird the owner was too though because one of my very first notes there is okay i 100 think this is fake because i don't believe the owner would have shared his food even with an imogen also how does he eat Oh, see, I mean, lots of good things. I mean, I guess they drink coffee, so it's like implied that they can. Yeah, though with Momotaro's, it ends up on his face more often than not. Of course, it's the rule of having a costume where the mouth moves when you're not looking at it. Makes right, sense. exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna start requiring that from all my costumes moving forward. I'll tell you that much. Well, if you would like to do that stuff, I'm sure there is a great community. You know that this is a solved problem in the furry community. There's like, we figured (laughs) it out. Not realize that, but now that I know I've got a support group of like minded persons, I will definitely be researching this. Just going on the furry group. I keep hearing about something called Rule 34, and I'm really anxious to start researching that also. So wish me luck on my journey, boys. Yeah, like Rule 34 is that if you can remember it, there's porn of it. That's what I've heard, yeah. People's memories are poor, and that's rule 34. <laughs> but um, Maybe that's why Gao wanted to erase time. Honestly, I get it. He, he saw some stuff, and he's like, well, time is memory, so if I don't remember it, it never existed. He got on Reddit for a day is what happened, and he was like, <laughs> absolutely none of this evil in the world ever. <laughs> he, he went to one not safe for work uh, exactly. subreddit, and he was like, mm, can't have this. Nope, too much evil in the world, we're nuking it. You did what to Rainbow Dash? What? In a jar? Yep. This is all dead. <laughs> this is all going away. And he's going at the end of them. But I've this is enough. a fictional character, right? And they keep 
arguing with him and he's like but it's a fictional character and they're like have you seen mcchicken i have to eat all my chicken on a stick now (laughs) hey 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 chicken on a stick is good yep and that's when he hits the button i don't trust that chicken on a stick is good guy i don't know what he's doing with those chickens man uh mcchicken what a great time to be on twitter but um (laughs) this movie actually has like a lot for hana to do actually she's in it a lot mm-hmm. she yeah. is yeah um it's hard she's not doing much but like her connecting to like the i'm sad and i'm seven i'm sad and i'm 17 or like that's fun i guess um it's really cool to watch her watching rio as himself and like with the younger version of himself like kind of watching them bond with each other it's very um kind of indicative of like how her personality is so protective of him in general so it's really nice to see that kind of even if it's just a small glimmer of like character in her and obviously they don't play on it because why would they but it's nice to see she's a character i'm really curious what everybody thinks about her as the series goes on because like it's just a lot of times in movies like this like even if characters aren't set up as like love interest, they will be for mm-hmm. the movie because it's like a different thing. Like they kept it pretty much like, no, they're just like friends. Like they don't like have anything like there, but um, they do care about each other, um, which is good. Yeah. She's in most of the scenes in this movie, but she has no real arc, I guess. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about her is how she calls everyone a peach as an insult. I'm not entirely sure. Like, where that comes from or if it's just like a translation thing but i love the fact that that's her go-to insult for all of them well motaros is a peach because of the whole butt peach boy straight the myth <laughs> the legend <laughs> the peach i'm doing a bad job explaining this <laughs> i don't know what happened to be right there but yeah um okay hang on let's let's jump to the 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 point where okay he meets Ryotaro meets himself mm-hmm. as a younger child is just weird. Like, I that was not the direction I expected this to go at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot why it was called I'm Born. Like, and I also forgot all the kid stuff from this movie. Like, really, outside of like the ending fight scenes, I was like, oh yeah, this movie, the Denlander gets hijacked, and there's a big fight scene at the end. I forgot everything. Right. Um, but yeah, um, him as a kid is interesting is like, it almost like lends credence to how bad it was when Yuto left and like when Irie became super like traumatized because like mm-hmm. uh-huh. he seems a lot more with it as a kid having lost his parents than he does like 10 years later. Yeah, I, I think that it probably like was supposed to point to the fact that he was already kind of like an immature and really clumsy kid, and he probably would have stayed that way had it not been for Ari kind of slipping into the, I don't know, almost comatose state that she's in constantly. Like a lot of the things that he does, his motivations kind of got highlighted with the movie, even if they didn't explore it as in depth as I would have liked. Yeah. Um, one person who comes out of this movie uh, just kind of pretty well, I think, is Yuto. He doesn't do anything new or much that we haven't nope. seen before, but he's just fine. Does a good job. It's a cool fight scene. Um, yeah. 
And he really kind of points to the fact that he, in his own way, is trying to be a helper, even if he doesn't always know the most tactful or, like, friendly way to go about it. He's doing his best to keep the timeline on track. Right. And I love how, like, his way to solve the problem of the Denland being hijacked and going to any point in time is, well, time's a physical place and I got a drill. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems very on brand for him, honestly. Like the fight scene he has with Gao, uh, which like is in like a log cabin area. I don't know what time they're in, but it could be the present, could be the past, who knows? But um, that leads to their like tour of time. And even like he says at one point, "Oh, we'll have time for sightseeing as we go through time." Yeah, but, yeah. Um, what do you think of the times um, they went to dinosaur times and? Kotaro was taking pictures, which I was like, that's wild. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> I mean, there has been such a flagrant abuse of time travel in this show mm -hmm. as far as like causality is concerned that at this point, I'm just like, hey, screw it. Like, yeah. Gao's trying to race time with a fucking magical time train. Like, who cares? Yeah. And uh, but I will say I loved uh, the scene where all of them were throwing eggs at the um, <laughs> I guess they weren't train car bandits, but like the robbers in the old <laughs> West. Yeah. yeah, I was like, where did they get eggs? Yeah. And the fact that they were able to throw them like right on the shooters, like shooting hands. I was like, OK, come on. <laughs> also, Japanese cowboys. Uh, huh? That's not historically accurate. <laughs> that was my thing is like. I always thought, okay, these trains can tr can travel through time, but they can only travel through space like a train. But apparently, they can also travel through space because they were like, like I think like Hana says, oh, we're in the old west, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yes the the old west of Japan. Remember those gold rush times and I, fucking I, they were like, full out like, like playing a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like what? No, I mean, I get it. You want to have something interesting to look at, right? But like, what? In the pyramids, where she's like, "It's gonna okay, get okay. better." I was no. like, "Please stop that." That Please. was said to me when she's looking at slaves, and she's like, "Hey, get in there!" And it's like, "What? <laughs> like, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> what are you doing, Hada?" It's like, "Please stop." You have not been a problem problematic character up till now. Please don't start here. I like the relationship of like. Segan like Deneb where like he just like making him food for like half the movie. Uh I did too. And the fact that when he's confronted about it, uh Deneb is just like he compliments me when I get it right. And I'm like, this is an abusive relationship, girl. Please stop. No, Deneb's a yeah. That's what he's all about. He's gaslighting you. Please relax. I did like how like there's a, like before they get to the Edo period, there's a scene where they're in turn of the century somewhere and M M Momotros gets like kicked out and has to like get back on the train but but at least like him bonding with like Kotaro and like I like their relationship like a lot honestly yeah definitely and then what do you think of Gao's ninja minor army Jesus okay so this is such a weird section of this movie for me anyway who's like a japanese like history teacher yeah is when like gao is going through time and he just decides he's gonna hire yuki murasanada to <laughs> f 
fucking get his ninja crew <laughs> to go in and murder them. One, Yukimura Sanada was not that fucking old at this time. Two, he never used ninjas. Ever. Ever. Three, they didn't even show his cool ass fucking deer helmet. What the fuck, man? No, he was actually wearing a pretty lame ass helmet the entire time. Yes. It was like a droopy, like seven dwarfs version of like the like yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's a, that's a very like traditional old japanese okay. hat dealy but that being said like yukimura sanada is like he was working for another guy above him like why are you not why are you going to him i guess because he's like a recognizable historical figure mm-hmm. but like he's not he's not like you know takeda shingen or like you know, Oda Nobunaga or something like if if Gal went back in time and was like, I'm going to make a deal with Oda Nobunaga, that would make more sense because he he actually had like the capital and power to do something. But also, Gao, you're going back to Edo period Japan to hire a guy who has less technology than you to fight a guy who has a literal like magical space train with guns like. What? That's kind of where I was at, because I was like, you can time travel. Why would you not go further in the future and get someone with weapons that absolutely nothing could defeat in this time period? It it all the whole thing seemed really contrived. One thing I did kind of like was how like um just one of the digits was Todoroki from like I'm rather like Hibiki. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, because like my understanding was ninja are one of those things where it's like, oh, they just there's like one area had them kind of once. Right. Right. Yeah. So but like it's just like <laughs> I guess there's like we want to have as many of our costumes in this movie from like the back lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to get them all in. Yeah. Um. I liked the kid Deno, but I didn't like the line of I'm still at climax, even at this size. Yeah, Yeah. there's some. mm. I have to wonder, though, like, because, like, you guys don't speak Japanese. Mm -hmm. It it comes off like a little bit different because, like, I reading it just as it is, I can understand how you're like, "Mm, that's weird. But like. You have to remember that despite Japanese using English words in Japanese, <laughs> the meaning of said words does not always match up with the original meaning in English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I think we kind of touched on that uh, last time Kip and I talked mm-hmm. because I was talking about how I couldn't believe that this was actually a quote unquote kid show because of how much cursing there was with the Imogens. And Kip kind of mm-hmm. pointed out that the translation probably isn't, like, one for one. And that's... So now it kind of makes me be a bit more objective on how I view, like, mm-hmm. how those translations come across the screen. Because to me, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is going on with you, pedophile Pete? But it's <laughs> more than likely just, like, the worst the, that little... Exactly. <laughs> It's more than likely just that little bit of like cultural and language context yeah. that I don't get because I'm not bilingual by any means, but also uh-huh. just because things are represented entirely differently in the West. So I know I'm missing a lot, yeah. but there's sometimes it is still fun to like hear those translations yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, you guys are all degenerates. 
I'm not responding to what's actually there, which is like he's basically saying, I'm still party rocking. Like I'm looking at the translation, I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. Like but <laughs> you should get yeah. some treatment for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh but um there's definitely like a thing in like fan subs like two where like they just like to make it as mature as possible because there's some weird kind of this is a nerdy pastime. So oh yeah. I would make it seriously. Like it's right. like oh like um People should take it as seriously as I do. Which yeah, you, absolutely you never do that with anything. You're watching something that is fun. Like, it's like, how many times, like, I was, like, watching, like, a fan sub back in the day, and it's like, oh, you jerk. And it was like, you fucker. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, you, yeah, yeah, asshole. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is PG-13, please. Like, one translation, like, would be like, yeah, well, I'm sorry, but, like, but you're not welcome. And then, like, one translation is like, suck my dick from the back. which is my response to most things especially at work yeah like i knew there was something about a yokohama dialect but i don't think this was it (laughs) yeah well i mean it's funny it's funny because like uh what's his name like kintaros talks with like that country bumpkin accent but Mm -hmm. like he's 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 not like nearly as belligerent (laughs) as anyone i've ever met from those areas they're far more belligerent than he ever is i believe that no, uh, but nowadays I feel like a lot of fan subs are much more just like let's just have them talk normal and not do the weird. Let's add a bunch of like honorifics that don't work, and let's not be weird about mm-hmm. like ha- having certain things not translated, and let's not add swears. But yeah, at the time, yeah, some wild stuff. I, well, now with everything being so much more accessible too, it's a hell of a lot easier for someone to call you on your bullshit. Like, if you decided to watch an episode of something and do a completely irrelevant dub, you wouldn't last two minutes without somebody just being like, yeah, no, you fucked that up from minute one, so I'm not listening to the rest of it and kind of telling all of their friends so you never really get any traction with it. Yeah. Um, I do like um, the random cameo by a popular model or singer when they show the princess. Oh, Aki Hoshino. Yeah. Yeah, she's just kind of like there. Like, I, I, honestly, if you didn't know who she was, and probably children who were watching this movie don't, well, at the time they probably didn't, they would have been like, oh, okay, it's Princess Lady. Yeah, yeah that was me because I had no context for that. I kind of mm. got the impression that she was someone that was a big deal just because of how they frame the shots. Like, they have a way of doing that when people are like supposed to be someone who catches your notice. But of course, Uh me having no prior context, I was just like, well, this seems like it's really cool if you know the backstory and then just went right on with my viewing experience because nothing there for me. I definitely like um, have noticed that like all the cover writer movies are like this person sure seems like they have a lot of hair and makeup time spent on them. They must be somebody. Right. Mm. But yeah, Uh, I do like how they like get to all fight, though. Like in the like um Edo period, like it's oh like we have our yeah, guns yeah. and stuff. They actually do that very well, like in not just with that, but with the opening when they all kind of take turns, like kind of showing off who they are as Imogens. I really like the way that this movie does try and like balance out the screen time for each of those personalities. It makes it a lot more interesting to watch. I think instead of just having like one or two dominate the entire scene. And um, when they have like the big like climax scene at the end, um, 
they're all in their costumes from the opening that they've never worn in the show, which is like that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best arc of the movie has to actually be like the only real arc, I guess, is for Momotaros, who gets a lot to do. Like he has like his whole like relationship. Um there's like two great scenes though for him. Um one is where like he like throws away his sword that he got from somewhere. Um and is like, oh, I can't kill these people. I'm back in time. And mm-hmm. immediately nobody else cares, including Rutros, who just has a shotgun. <laughs> just fighting ninjas with it. Yep. Yep. Oh. Uh, but the other scene has to be um the duplic scene, like too, but like the like um his best moment in the movie is when like um he and like Hana are making their plan. Mm-hmm. Then the Riotros like want to join in. And he's like, ah, oh, good thing you're his son, Kotaro. Like, and like it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, and they're the like, point. nope, that's wrong. And I think actually to tack on to that, my favorite scene with him comes when he's kind of watching the two of them together and decides to go over and confront Ryoto like, you have to remember me. And it the only reason I liked it so much was because it was such a departure from his like natural, I'm such a dick, I don't care about anybody attitude. But to him, it was just really important that this person that he, over the length of this movie, has realized he considers a friend to remember who the hell he is. Like, it was really a nice kind of soft touch from a character who's been very abrasive up to this point. He, like, gets the big hero moment, too, but I think it mm-hmm. still kind of works, honestly. Um, what do we think of actually seeing, like, Wigfort fight, though? I mean, we kind of saw it fight previously a little bit. I think it's fine. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's not going to take out over any major moments for me, but it's cool to watch. Most of these movies were, like, known for, like, a preview of the copywriter's, like, final form, which this movie doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, here's a, like, movie form and, like, a, like, movie writer that's, like, a, the villain. And honestly, most of these movies just started doing that at this point, where it's like, oh, you got VR form or something. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's, like, a lot of, like, little Japanese, like, cinema, like, references, like, I'm missing in this movie, where it's like, oh, like... They did the thing from like Kagebusha, or oh, like they did this one fight scene kind oh, of when thing. they're when they're in like the yeah. the, the Sengoku period thing. They might have it. Yeah, it might have stuck out to me at the time, and I just didn't realize. But we don't have the film history, so it's not like we're like Japanese adults with our kids. It's like oh, like they right. play, oh, like they said like oh, like don't worry, Jake. It's the deadliner. That's mm-hmm. great. Right. Well, give us about three years and we'll be able to pick up on all these things. So just stick with us until then. Look, I love me some Kurosawa, but it takes effort to watch a Kurosawa <laughs> movie. And I don't got that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, we get to the final fight scene, though, and they go to 1986 because Gao just wants to destroy the time that Ryotaro is from, which I guess... He could be killed through timeline changes. He just can't have his memory altered or he can't be affected. Right. It's weird. Yeah, th- like this. It answers the question about like what is time and then gives like a weird like kind of non answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Let's have that talk then about what is time. 
I did not know that Yuto was the first person that said people's memories are time at all or in this movie. That's wild. I didn't either. And honestly, with everything that we've seen from him in the past, that would have been the last person that I expected to kind of make such an absolute declaration because he's always been so cagey about how time works in previous episodes. It's a moment that's not really built up to. He just says it. It's like, oh, right. And like, I guess like it makes sense to me based off other stuff. But I guess like what the movie is in like conversation with and like what it wants to like set up at the show. But it's also like that's a weird way to do it. Um, but yeah, especially as like a weird throwaway line, right? Like, yeah, you, you've had all this stuff that's happened previously in the, the you know, previous 27 episodes where it's like, OK, like, you know, we're dealing with time and then he's pulled, you know, Rio. Ryotaro's from different uh, timelines into the same timelines. You're like, well, how does that work? And then, you know, at the end, he just kind of like hand waves it like, oh, time is people's memories. And then I have like immediately seven more questions as to like, what does that even mean? It, right. it was very like in Futurama, like when like Farnsworth is like, ah, this works or like to shreds, you say it's kind of like just. I know science or like, I know what I'm talking about. So trust me, this makes sense somehow. Right. But I mean, like I was talking to you before um, about this, right? Where he just goes, you know, he says something offhand, like, oh, memories are time. It's like, okay, well, they went to like the dinosaur age. Um, mm -hmm. Who, 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 who was alive during the dinosaur age? Is this like some like, you know, of freaking evolution denial like type stuff where like humans and dinosaurs existed at the same time. Like, what are you trying to say? Well, maybe the time travel people, the weird like time lords, like the odor, remember dinosaurs? Right, but like, <laughs> but, but it's always been a conceit in this show that you can only go back to the time that people remember. That's why they're swiping the cards on across people's. Yeah brains to get their memories right so like the intent to me by saying that like time is people's memories okay cool but now you've gone back to like the wild west okay fine people were alive then but you didn't get that memory from anywhere you were just like okay let's go to the wild west or like egypt or you know the dinosaur area like how you can't just do that and then not explain how you did it mm-hmm we're definitely getting into some the earth is 6,000 years old, like logic, like like territory. Right. Like, no, uh, I took it as people's memories are time, meaning that they could override time, but that like time is the subject. It oh, is yeah. an exist. Time exists. People's memories can be it or change it. It's kind of like, oh, um, Soylent Green is people. People exist before they're Soylent Green. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a... This show is doing a lot of stuff with, like, emotion and meaning rather than logic that is a little confusing when you're like, ah, that's cool, and it makes sense for how they're telling the story, but also it doesn't make any sense. Right, and I, I think I mentioned this, like, much, like, two or three episodes ago, where I said, like, Time travel can be an excellent, like, plot point, but very quickly it can get out of your control where someone, you know, is, is 
bringing up like, well, why didn't they just take the Eagles to fucking Mordor in, you know, like Lord of the Rings? Like it's, it becomes like 50 million different instances of all, well, why didn't they do X? Why didn't they do Y? And then it's just like, because you have to just go because they didn't, but that's not satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like just, yeah, time is sand. It exists, but also people can interact with it. And that's as far as they want you to think about it, which isn't very satisfying. Oh, uh, but yeah, um, I do think the show starts talking about this a lot, though. So maybe it does just have a better answer or just a better lore. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I really forget uh, outside of like two plot lines, the rest of the show. So I'm kind of excited, honestly. Um, but yeah. When we're not just like ontologically worrying based off the show, um, what do we think of the final fight scene and the whole big scrape? I think the final fight was pretty good. Like, it's weird because I've mentioned before already previously that I feel like they didn't do Gao justice as a <laughs> villain, and yet when you see him fight here, like, he actually seems like scary and like competent where he just like beats the shit out of all of them at the same time. Like had they spent more time on that being like showing him to be like, Oh, like he Ryotaro cannot beat him. Like he just absolutely destroys him. They use that up to the the previous five episodes, then go into the movie where he gets beat. It would have been more satisfying, but now it's like, Oh, he's like kicking all our ass. And then we just pull this, deus ex machina bs move out my ass and oh i win yeah i liked how they had to basically like defeat him on the train level and leave him wounded to even like get him basically right uh just a great design he like fights like a certain way uh he takes them all out um it sucks that he didn't anticipate drills i guess but nope no yeah um i like too how like Momoto has to like use like a trick like Naruto like under the ground attack and it does nothing. Right. And like you said though he turns into sand. Yeah which hmm? Oh well um people remember him so he turns into sand. (sighs) Is is that because like hmm? (laughs) Like this is what I'm talking about because like we've seen Imagine turn into sand but we know he's not an Imagine but does that mean like Ryotaro got like brain damage during the fight and then he forgot who Gao was at that moment? So then no one remembered him and he just stopped existing. Like, did everyone get mass amnesia? Like, I'm like, there's so many things where I just I look at this movie and I go, huh? Yeah, so many questions. We should watch the movie Memento next and see what we think of time after that. <laughs> no, um, Gao is a person. And you're not supposed to kill people in movies for children. I guess. Understandable. But yeah, um, it's hard because it's just kind of like I like it as far as like, oh, he's not human. He's a weird time wizard dude. He's this weird Highlander. I wish I actually like went into who these weird immortal time travelers are that we're meeting. Well, like the owner and him, like who are mm-hmm. these guys in their 50s that travel through time and like never die. And then turned to the dust, but 
it just kind of happens here. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the end of the movie, which lasts a while. There's like the whole like me read like Yuto randomly say people's memories are time. We get the train scene of the family seeing the train and be like, oh, look, it's a train. <laughs> I actually thought for a second that Irie um, drew the picture since she found the frame. But then I realized, oh, it makes much more sense if Kid Ryotaro did it <laughs> after he saw them. Yeah, it it's weird. Yeah, none of it makes like a whole hell of a lot of sense. Well, I was going to say because like, okay, his parents experienced that and Irie was there, but he was a baby. Like he would not remember that. So like, wouldn't you think his parents would be like, wow, that's super fucking weird that you remember this exact moment and can recreate it despite being a child who is like just born, like as far as we know, 10 minutes ago. My read was that there was an actual photo that got lost then immediately after coming back for the time travel adventures, that's when Kotaro drew the mm-hmm. picture. Gotcha. Though that would be wild. He was like, I'm four years old and I drew this picture of me when I was a baby from the time we saw a train. Right. No. Uh, one small thing is that we learned that Ryotaro was born in the milk dipper, they say. Yes. Yeah. Just a little throwaway line. Yeah, I was born in the milk dipper and my grandmother's healthy. And, and wait, they what? never no, expound on any of those ideas. <laughs> I mean, I guess before they started collecting books, they just had some a, a like water birthing area. I don't know. Honestly, that'd be on par for Ari. <laughs> you know, sometimes things just make sense when you're like writing a movie you know, and like you're not thinking about <laughs> logistics, but. At least we know his parents were dead. They inherited the Milk Dipper. Yeah, that's essentially like it's a D&D character backstory, right? They just give you that their parents are dead with no expansion. And you just accept that because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. There's only so many ways you could kill a parents, though. Like there's like, oh, like how many times like have you seen like Martha Wade's like pearls falling in like Crime Alley? Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah with joe shill got him earlier like bob the goon yeah. whoever that was i don't know <laughs> the joker uh you want to dance in the silver of the night i'm coming right a cow baby i hate time yeah. <laughs> got it welcome to the crime train <laughs> that sounds terrible we stop at every station <laughs> It sounds like Dwight from The Office. Welcome to Hotel Hell. (laughs) I make $50,000 a year. (laughs) All right. You want to get off time train? Pick a station. Coming up next is Mo Less Station. (laughs) Jesus Christ. There goes our PG rating. God damn it, Kip. (laughs) Uh, This is an explicitly tagged show, I think. E for everyone. They say <laughs> it must suck to have a name like that. Like ah, yeah, like my father Bill and I'm Mo. <laughs> I wear the Lester's. <laughs> yeah, Lester. <it's>, uh, <laughs> my parents hated my guts. <laughs> I'm really good at carpentry, but nobody seems to want me in their house. <laughs> yeah, I haven't met a Mo in a long time because I don't know what a Mo is short for. Is it just Mo or is it Maurice? 
I don't know. Uh, it's Mo Money, Mo Problems. I'm looking down, and Mo is actually short for Shemp, so that explains it. Oh. No, I'm. <laughs> that's a bad three stooges <laughs> bit, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, my last note is that I re- I actually like the credit song a lot. It's a pretty good like random Kamen Rider like ending song. It was. It, that's something I've noticed with those series is that every once in a while, even if they give you kind of like a dud of an episode or movie, they'll make up with it with a kick ass theme song that you never saw coming. So yeah, I appreciated that with this one. And um, Wing Form and Gal both get theme songs too, so that's fun. That's true. Mm-hmm. They do. But yeah, that's a movie. There's a lot to it. Uh, a lot happens. A lot doesn't happen. A lot that we wished would have happened didn't happen. Yeah. But time, people's memories are time. And I think you should remember who your favorite characters were this time, David. <sighs> You're going to put me on the spot like that, huh? I was just saying the same thing like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you want my top three? If you want to pick characters that like we like created, if like number two is like Mo Lester or something, like <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, no, um, yeah, you're three. I, God, like, like I said, I was just so very tepid on this movie. I mean, like, it was good to see, it was good to see a lot of Gao. I will say that. I think like he's like maybe my number one, and that's kind of why I'm like pissed that he's not gonna be around anymore like he could have been so much more and i feel like it's just kind of like a wasted potential agreed yeah and then i do like um i still like Sieg whenever he shows up and i have to wonder like going forward i mean they've made the suit and he's in the movie he still has to be in the series going forward like he can't not be but i wonder if there's going to be more farms after him, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, anyway, Gao, Zeke, and then I actually do like Hana in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like she has stuff to do. Yeah. Where everyone else is kind of just like, eh, whatever. Like the kid, Ryotaro is like, whatever. Like a lot of the, like I in it for like five minutes. YouTube is just kind of like there. It's yeah. I don't know. Like, Yeah. The stuff for like Yuto is interesting because what they do in the show, but none of that's really in the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. What about you, Steph? For these characters, uh, favorite one off the top has to be Sieg. Um, just because that character is so interesting. Like all the Imogens are unique and fun in their own ways, but there's something about Sieg that I'm just really excited to kind of get to explore that character a lot more. Um. I have to say second is probably going to be Momo because like I mentioned before, I really love that he actually gets like a little bit of space in this movie to show that he does care about Rio and like he's really on top of wanting to be like this protector, even though he kind of comes off as a dick most of the time. Um, And probably third is going to have to be, even though we only saw a couple minutes of her, the uh, princess. And that's just because she only had a couple of minutes, but she made a really big presence on the screen. And I kind of wish that we got just a couple more minutes of her and her attitude kind of pushing all the ninjas around. So those are my three. Yeah. Number one for me has to be Gao. Um, He really has the problem um, of um, 
Chitoli Eofor in like the like Firefly movie where like he's this dude that shows up who's like clearly like a different kind of actor than the, and like the like show actor is just like mm-hmm. cool character and he's in one thing. He's cool for 40 minutes, but he's gone. Uh which sucks. Yep. Um number two, gonna say Mamotros, he gets a lot to do. Um this is very much like a fun detour in his like relationship with Ryotaro. Um his arc probably resonates the most going forward because it's like just mm-hmm. like this matters his character. Um three, I'm gonna say Hana. Um she yeah. gets a lot to do. No real arc, but not a lot of people get an arc in this movie, so it's not the worst. Um one thing I like is that most of the movie she's wearing this like dress romper or whatever that's like red and then after she switches with the princess she has other modern day clothes on underneath with no explanation <laughs> and you know that's awesome that's time travel baby right <laughs> yeah oh uh, what effects were our favorites oh that's tough yeah that's fair i think for me like the the it's not a single effect but i think like that whole last fight was good like for me, that was the highlight of the movie mm-hmm. when you had all four of the forms on screen at one time, all fighting Gao is cool. Or sorry, five forms because Sieg was there. Sieg version was there as well. Oh, uh, no, he wasn't. It was like Yuto was there with like Deneb. Uh, that's what it was. The, that was the other one. And he got to fight a train, which is just like, yeah, I'm here too. Yeah. Yeah. In the background. Uh, hmm. Favorite effects. Did you have one, Steph, or no, not yet? Yeah, I think mine is probably going to have to be. Um, I really did enjoy the final fight also, so absolutely nothing away from that. Um, I think my favorite, and I'm going to have to kind of like do a lump together capability, but it's just when they were showing those uh, small scenes of them going back in time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because even though they were only like these very small, there's just a couple of minutes here where they're like playing out these scenes. They do it in such a really engaging way that I thought it was really cool. And it definitely like as someone who's watching the show kind of drags you along for the ride, whether you were prepared for it or not. Yeah, going to make that final fight the like three for because it just like looks good as far as like. Mm hmm. The Toku, like, let's have some rubble. It was pretty cool rubble compared to a lot of movies they have. Like, I guess there must have been like a building or like an office that they knew was getting demolished or something. But it looked good. Oh, uh, and then the last thing is our outfits. Who had the best fit this movie? Ooh, this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. I I think this one is pretty easy for me. Yeah, I, I was wondering who is it for you, David. It's it's Gal. Like his his outfit is fucking cool. He looks like a Mad Max reject, and I'm here for it. He's got like that fucking metal arm thing going on. He just looks cool. Like Gal looks cool. Oh yeah, definitely. He, he looks like he he should be from like a completely different fucking show. But pff, screw it, he's he's here and he's cool looking. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, he looks like he should have his own show for sure. Exactly. Hmm. Def. Mine is going to kind of be along those same lines. It's the um, ninjas in that time period where Gao goes back and tries to get everybody on his side. 
Um, I really loved that the way the ninjas looked because it had this very great mix of kind of like that older look that people expect when they're thinking about something that was in the past, but a very like modern ninja like utility feel to the costumes. So I thought that was cool. I'm going to say um, my actual answer is Gal, but my mm-hmm. shit poster answer is Ryotaro for his like site supervisor shirt that he's wearing is like a green like shirt that like rarely says like on-site supervisor yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yes for the whole movie uh which is just like a great uh there's like some better toku like there's that like one episode of like kiva where like uh, mio was or like megumi was just like wearing this um hat that said I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling like a goblin goblin or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's the movie. Comrader Deno, I'm born. Uh more like Comrader Deno, I'm bored. Kind of feels that way, yeah. <laughs> At least for me. Okay. <laughs> so that's two thumbs down. I'll give it a thumb up. Like I liked it, like as far as like just it, it it was, was okay. Story, it's not though. something I would choose to watch in my free time just if I needed to kill some time. Right. My biggest issue from this is is just from the fact that this is a movie I would have to pay for. This is not something I'm tuning into on like Saturday morning to watch for free, right? Well, you would get a keychain and you would get to see another movie. Yeah, but I can buy that keychain at book off in a week because someone turns it in as like used goods and then you know, like, I'm fine, right? You also could have seen... Ooh, let me find the exact phrase of what this is. Um, it is... Um, Comrade Deno Momotaro's vocation, vacation oh. photos. Can't I miss think. that. Vacation photos. From here, uh, we have an interesting road to hoe with Comrade Deno. Uh, mm-hmm. Next time, so 28 through... Th- 34, so seven episodes. Uh, a lot happens, as far as I could tell. Um, we get the movie aftermath. We get some different stuff going on that like changes how the show flows. Um, after that, uh, the next next time is episode 35 through 40, so six episodes. That's also going to have a lot going on in it. The time after that, episodes 41 through 46... Uh, which is the penultimate episode. And then the last episode will be 47 through 49 and end the series off. Uh, at some point, we'll talk about what if, or maybe at a later date, if we want to look at some other Deno stuff, because technically there's a lot of stuff <laughs> after the <laughs> series ends. Um, this was the first Deno movie. The third Deno movie is called Goodbye Deno and is meant to be like the send off for the cast and that didn't really stick oh maybe that's at any point who knows but once we're at the end of the series like we'll see how we're feeling i think because there's too much to do it all at least all at once but uh, let's sign off actually and david <laughs> where can people find you when you're not talking about time mechanics wormholes but i'm not not talking about time mechanics uh you can find me on my podcast at 
Tokyo Fresh podcast uh, or my movies podcast, The Midnight Film Club. If you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at Zyrell. That is all for me. Steph? Um, you can follow me at uh, www.arcademilitia.com. My wonderful co-host is finally feeling better about life in general, so we're going to start releasing some more content. And if you want to find me on Instagram, that is nobody much, and I will definitely try to remember to follow you back, even though I'm not on social media that often. So that's it for me. You can find me on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find uh, the podcast at Come Ride With Me on Twitter and Instagram. There's CommonRideWithMe.com for episodes and articles. There's CommonRideWithMe.com slash merch for our merch, where all the proceeds go to to a small and mid-sized charity like, like the, the Turbo Project. Um, there's CommonRideWithMe.com slash episodes, where all of our episodes uh, go um, with links out to different platforms to also rate and review on Spotify now podcast. Uh, that's cool. That's important. That gets you a like shout out on, on the show. Uh, and yeah, um, did we learn anything today, everybody? Uh, uh time's confusing. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just, yep, I'm gonna tag on to David's there again. Yep, time is confusing. I don't want anything to do with it ever. Oh, now I understand where the villain was coming from. He's just tired of it. Yeah, just no more time. I get it. I'm, I'm like that every day at work. I'm tired of time. You know, maybe, maybe I. You know what? I'm, I'm a gal apologist now. Just get rid That's of all, all time. We're, we're starting a cult. It's over, guys. Yep. I'm the gal, baby. <laughs> <laughs>